0: Hi, y'all. This is Part 1, The Stuck Place. Chapter 1, Road by Emotions Do your emotions ever get in your way? Have you ever experienced the trauma or disappointment that knocked you out of your own lane and into survival mode? I know I have, and I know I'm not alone. When I minister each week, I look into the eyes of emptiness indecision and even desire. The desire for things to change. I see them through my own pain, which was caused by other people's expectation in the belief system I based on my own assumptions about life. Realizing that most of us realizing that most of us are ruled by our emotions helps me understand those who reach out to me to stand and tell them what I believe God is saying about their situations brings me back to the life challenges He has allowed me to go through challenges that I have caused me to be strong, bullheaded female in a male-dominant world. Have you ever noticed that there is plenty of potential? for drama in life I have. So I tell myself to save the drama for your... Never mind, girl, just save the drama. As a female, I will not allow my emotions to control my outcomes. I have determined that life is not all about my feelings. To live and work among strong men and women means to suck it up while deciding that life is not always about me. This creates a whole different attitude as I arise daily and give Lord, give the Lord permission to be Lord and Savior in every area of my life. Mm-hmm. That's my self-talk most days. Listen, our emotions are the worst drivers in our decisions and consent. Yet we let them drive, as most of the time. Even when they're toxic, that's how the majority of our mistakes happen. They are just bad decisions that add up, eventually determine our destination. Then our toxicity teams up with our failures to cause a sense of inadequacy. Oh while wow. we are trying to figure out what's next. Mm. Emotional choices feelings of inadequacy are powerful drivers of behaviors and can trigger decision-making that derails our best intentions. That's because the choices they trigger come from places of doubt and insecurity instead of confidence. And purposeful determination. Have I allowed emotional choices to be my greatest motivator? Absolutely. I did it through most of my life. Although, through choices might have determined my destination. I switched tracks and started a journey of freedom. From where I sit now, I can look back and see where my feelings of inadequacy to control of my emotions. It was so early in my childhood that it became my norm and the foundation for years of decision-making. As a preacher's kid and a family of preachers, I understood a certain order of life, God, church, and family immediately. After my parents got married, they hit the road in full-time evangelism moving from city to city, and staying with pastors. Once my brother and I came along, our family called a traveling trailer home. When I was two, my brother was about to start school. We settled in a, in a small Mississippi town to start a new church. The life we had known till then totally changed. The Joneses were always seen together. Even when our parents went out for the evening, my brother and I were there permanent plus two. Our parents were always very selective of our influencers. Honestly, my brother and I never had a babysitter. Mom and dad had to approve even the kids we played with. I did not always feel like confined like feeling confined this way. But looking back, I realized that our parents were doing, I realized what our parents were doing. They provided us a safe place to call home and they protected us from anyone and anything that would cause us harm. It was a noble cause, but as we all know, there is no way to keep anyone safe from everything all the time. That's just a fact of life. As attentive as my parents were, they could not protect me from feelings of inadequacy. As I look back, I am amazed at how early I became burdened with those feelings. When I was seven, I asked Jesus into my heart because I did not want to go to hell. Even though I took that step, I never pursued a personal and fruitful relationship with Christ, nor did I acknowledge His love and wisdom. My parents continually told me what Psalms 139.14 said about me being fearfully and wonderfully made, but for some reason it never sank in. The Power of Labels. From the moment I walked into elementary school, my identity as a wonderfully made human being seemed lost forever. Every task seemed beyond me, from learning my vocabulary words to math and reading. An adequacy plagued me as I saw my classmates advancing easily why I floundered. I felt completely isolated and even forgotten. No wonder my mother faced the battle when she dropped me off at school each morning. She literally had to wrestle with me to get me out of the car. It was so bad that the principal would meet us and escort me into our office where I would eventually calm down enough to go to class. Once the day's lessons got underway, I felt even more humiliated. As my class watched me stumble through my phonics, the whole experience was terrifying. And I'm sure I opened many emotional doors in those dark moments. Unfortunately, those openings allowed the formation of strongholds that lasted longer than I care to admit. My parents had no idea what to do when I barely passed the first grade. Then we moved to Atlanta, where the journey started all over again in a new school. After the first week of classes, my mother scheduled a conference with my teacher who was already sensing that I would need special assistance. That is when we first heard the term learning disability. It became my identity. From the point until I entered high school, each day my te- my teacher would call out my name for tutoring. Honestly, <coughs> Excuse me. Honestly, I thought for years that I was some kind of VIP who was being dismissed for special attention while other kids were stuck in one classroom all day. Then one day my teacher accidentally mentioned that my special dismissal was for learning disabled kids. I stayed in my seat thinking she is definitely not talking to me, but she was. And now the whole world knew that I was learning disabled child who needed extra help. I can't begin to explain the heartbreak I felt or how crushed I was at the time. But those feelings instantly, instantly overtook my life. Everybody knew that something was wrong with me. I would never be like the other kids and would never measure up. My parents moved me to a popular Christian school around that time, thinking this could be the answer for me. They had no idea that it would lead to an even darker season of inadequacy so overwhelming that I could hardly breathe. When I looked around my classroom, I saw students drooling and even wetting themselves. I began questioning myself and looking into the mirror to see whether I was the girl I thought I was. Maybe I was drooling and didn't know didn't know it. Maybe I was so mentally challenged that I could not recognize the extent of my dis- disability. During recess, I would look out the window and see my brother and his friends playing like normal kids. I think that had to be the greatest impact on me. I can still rehearse the pain of feeling set apart. I realize how situations in in life can really mess you up. After being in despair for some time, I finally came clean with my parents about how crushed I was. I promised that if they would return me to public school, I would do everything I could to measure up and be the daughter they deserved. Thank God they truly loved me and wanted what was best for me. They did not burden me with expectations I could not handle. They continually supported me and spoke life into every situation. I can tell you right now that my mother was like an angel disguised as a woman. At the time, I thought that I was failing my family. And myself. I did not understand that my situation had nothing to do with my being good or bad. I simply faced challenges with learning. For one thing, I struggled to remember what I studied. My mom spent hours every night rehearsing spelling words and math problems with me, yet I would fail my test. And the next day I was tormented with wondering why I couldn't be normal and I couldn't get it together. It was especially hard because my brother breezed through school. He didn't even have to study to make great grades. Why God I would ask why me? One of my favorite scriptures will always be Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the thoughts, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. To this day, it lets me know that God has a plan just for me. It reminds me that even when I could not see my future, He was taking care of me. When I entered the eighth grade. My parents moved me back to public school immediately. The school placed me in a learning disabled study group. Amazingly enough, I continued to dream of being normal. I learned from Arthur John Hagee that you will never conquer what you refuse to confront. So I became determined to do my best and keep reminding my mom that when I got to high school, I would be normal. All I needed was a chance to prove that I could be the daughter they deserved. My promise gave me a go, but it did not silence the running dialogue in my head. One voice said I was fearfully and wonderfully made. The others still questioned whether I could overcome the label of learning disabled. In my book, beautifully broken, I talked about the voices that attack children who are not yet equipped to resist them. During the traumatic times in our childhood, we were open to the open to the. St- still small voices of evil spirits when we heard them. We thought they were our own thoughts. Since we had no wisdom yet to consider otherwise, the demonic forces plant feelings of rejection, causing us to become shameful and self-rejection. Self-hatred and bitterness are then produced. Then the Spirit set up a productive mechanism against these feelings, usually in the form of blame shifting. When you understand that you have an enemy that continually tears you down and encourages a false self-image, you have the ammunition you need to defeat him. But you might not get that revelation right away. Instead. He might do what many of us have done. We become blind to our faults and the unveiling of our true feelings, in part because they seem to only bring us more shame and feelings of inadequacy. To avoid our shame, we suffer our feelings and act as though we have the world by the tail. But living a lie can't comfort us. Can't comfort us. Wait, wait a minute. But living a lie can't comfort us. It only paralyzes us. I like to say that the scariest place to be is believing our own lies. What we need is not to cover our pain but to go after our full healing. We might be on the verge of breaking a generational curse and not even knowing it. That could be why the attacks have been so hard. We need to stay focused and not crumble with every hit because if trauma can be passed through down through generations Soak can healing. I know that when I am being my craziest, loudest, and brashest self, people wonder who I am. Why do I have to be the loudest one on the platform? Always jumping and running and praising. Believe me, I even talk to myself and tell the loud me to calm down and be quiet. Deliver your message like other women who are so graceful, I tell myself. But when I began speaking, I find myself shouting and moving like a crazy, like crazy all over again. I think it's because I have come from such a difficult place. I just want to give everything within me to the creator who has changed my life and gave me this opportunity. To change my world. Lay it down. Do you feel stuck in certain areas of your life? Maybe God is waiting on you to lay down something so he can finally move. Just as a physical move requires you to leave something behind, so does a spiritual move. What are you desperately clutching that you need to release? God is waiting for you to obey him. He wants to move in your life. Don't let stubbornness or even inadequacy keep you from his blessings. Psalms 37, 23-24 says, That the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. He, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hands. When I found this beautiful scripture, it transformed me, but it was much later in my life. If I can open your understandings to the greatness of God's Spirit, guiding and directing you despite of your failures, you will be Way ahead of the struggle I faced for all those years. When you realize, like I finally did, that God is in the middle of everything, of every struggle, you will stop fighting what doesn't work. God is opening a better way.